Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, man? Not much, man. Not much. Big show today, though. It's going to be a good one. Yes, it should be. Usually is, but this is going to be a really good one. Uh, joining us today at the 12:15 mark will be St. Louis Rams punter and last year's rookie phenom, Johnny Hecker. Yeah, a lot of talk, you know, a lot of football talk in the past couple of days, so this seems appropriate. I like football talk, Mike. Yeah. It's a lot better than baseball talk. Listen to you. It is the truth. All right, Mike. Let's start it off real good, and let's start it off with today in sports. Oh, my gosh. Now i got to go change this because this has to do with baseball. You don't want any baseball talk. No, nah, it's okay. Uh, we can do baseball for today. All right. Listen, 19- I like baseball history. <laughs> 1973, <laughs> uh, California Angels uh, pitcher Nolan Ryan pitched his first no-hitter. And who was he with at the time? California Angels. California Angels. As we know, he uh, later on uh, in his career uh, had seven no-nos, and that, of course, is the record for the most no-hitters by any major league pitcher in the history of the MLB. The great Nolan Ryan. Yep. Uh, Have you ever rode the Nolan Ryan Express, Mike? Can't say I have. Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure. For everybody listening right now, um, yes, I uh, am very under the weather. I apologize if I cough in your ears today, but I'm here. And Ray Blanchett can't say anything about it, Mike. I guess not, no. <laughs> <laughs> you only miss his show. <laughs> yeah, only his show, but you know, it was him, so I was like, ah, it's nobody important, so. <laughs> All right, man, Mike, let's, right. Uh, let's jump right into uh, the NBA playoffs here. We had a couple of games um, last night on Tuesday night, uh, Pacers down the Knicks 93-82 to take a three games to one series lead, Mike. Yeah. Knicks do not look good right now. No, in fact, I'm, uh, you know, a lot of the reports I was reading this morning, Jonathan, and you can address it because, well, you're the Knicks guy. Uh, almost every report I read, uh, rather negative on the whole thing. What's the deal? It's very negative. Uh, they're not getting, uh, you know, Offensive productivity from anybody right now. Um, you know, Melo shooting nine for twenty-three last night. J.R. Smith seven of twenty-two. Right. So Smith's been off. He, he's, he's been having a terrible, terrible time at this uh, ever since uh, that one game suspension in the first round uh, when he elbowed uh, Jason Terry in the face of the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, Amare. You know, he's he returned, but you know the guy's still coming off an injury. I, I just I love Mike Woodson, Mike. I, I really do. I love his coaching all year. I just do not like the way he's coaching this team against the Pacers in the second round. He seems very, very lost. I don't like that three minutes only went to Pablo Prigioni. I don't like that 16 minutes went to Jason Kidd. There's just a lot of different things uh, of what's going on with this Knicks team right now in the second round, and it's going to get them ousted. I, I just don't see them winning another game. So Yeah, I mean, it's 3-1 at this point right now they would have to come back and win all three of the remaining games in order to win this series. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, 
interestingly enough, some of the analysis that I was reading this morning uh, with regard to it, in fact, pointed exactly to what you're talking about, and that is the coaching of the Knicks in this second round, which there there have been some that have expressed a little bit of surprise. Oh, yeah. Uh, In fact, one of the uh, reports I read indicated that it seemed that there was actually a purposeful um, uh, a, a purposeful movement away from the way the, the the Knicks had been coached previously. Uh, what's your What's your answer to that one? They're lost, Mike. You know, and I think Mike Woodson is lost too. I, I just well, do you think he's changing it up as a panic move? Um, I you know what I don't think I don't think necessarily he's changing it up as a panic move. I just I, I honestly think he doesn't know what to do right now. Yeah, you know, there's no true power forward on this roster. There's no right. true shooting guard on this roster. And, you know what, those are the two spots where they're getting hurt a lot. You know what, you're getting hurt by David West in the paint. You're getting hurt by Lance Stevenson from the outside because they're double-teaming everybody, leaving these guys open. And Lance Stevenson is, you know, he's he's taking uh, seven to ten shots from, you know, beyond the arc. It's killing him. Right. You know, it's killing him. And, uh, you know, I hate to put the blame on uh, Mello, but, you know what, Mello's, you know, Mello is the main reason why they're in the playoffs this year. No question about it. But right now, this is where Melo needs to step up and say, hey, listen, I am the face of this team. I can't shoot 9 from 23. Yeah. You know, can't. You know what? Yeah. I, I have to I have to do better than that. And he's just not doing it. You know, of course, though, we've seen this so many times with other teams, even in previous playoff years. You know, one, you, you can't necessarily put it on the back of one guy. No, you can't. You know, and you got to expect that that one guy, if you're going to do that, that one guy's going to go out. And they're going to have a bad game. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you know the the one time that, that, that you know perhaps maybe he has that big game that that could be the turning point. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know what, Melo's had a bad series though. Yeah, yeah. You know he started to uh, dwindle down towards round one against the Celtics, and uh, this series against the Pacers, he just hasn't really caught on. Mm-hmm. And honestly, for them to win three in a row, he he needs to be damn near perfect. Right, right. And I just don't see that happening. Um, Pablo Prigioni was huge. Against the Boston Celtics in round one, and he was starting Mike at the shooting guard spot, and all of a sudden now he's getting three minutes against the Pacers. I just don't understand it, and I don't understand why he's getting that amount of minutes when Jason Kidd, who hasn't done anything since the end of the season, and especially in round one, how he's getting 16 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, well, the series turns around in Game Five, goes back. Does it go back to New York? Yes, it goes back to New York now. All right, so the, the, let's let's take it one game at a time. Yeah. Uh, game five, they going to win that one? I I hope so, Mike. I I don't know though. Uh, you know, with, with the way they're playing, um, it, you know, it wouldn't shock you if they lost it. There's a couple intangibles there. You know, Melo's got to be on. Jarrett Smith's got to stop shooting seven of twenty-two from the field. If Jarrett Smith can blow up again like he did all season long, if Melo can play Carmelo type basketball. And they can get another double-double out of Tyson Chandler, and Raymond Fulton can, you know, do what he did last night again. Then, yeah, you know what? They can win it. But that's, you know, a lot of different uh, things that need to happen. Right, right. You know. Also, uh, last night, the Spurs with a 109-91 win over the Golden State Warriors to take a 3-2 series lead, Mike. I've heard a lot of good things about Golden State, uh, but it certainly appeared in last night's uh, matchup there that San Antonio, uh, I mean <laughs> – I just think they're the tougher. I think they're the tougher team. So. Oh yeah, no, oh no, no. Listen, Spurs are the better team, but Golden State is one of the better teams as well, and and it's showing in this series. It's been a real good, exciting series, and you know what? They could potentially win it to uh, tie it up and force a game seven, and nobody thought that would happen. So. Oh, that's true. That's absolutely true. This series absolutely could go to seven, uh, easily. Um, 
but wow, how about how about how about that one? How about I, that one? Um, it's it's been a great great series, Mike. A very exciting series. And I gotta say, man, I'm 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 real happy watching this series. It's been really really good. There's been a lot of players that are coming out as standout players, and Steve Curry, man, is just wow. You know, I I you know I I can't talk you know more about this kid than anything because he's just so so good of a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens though. Now tonight we've got uh, is OKC playing Memphis tonight? Yes, nine thirty on TNT tonight. Okay, and that's going back to Oklahoma. Am I correct on that too? Yeah, Grizzlies could win tonight and take the OKC out of the playoffs, Mike. I'm working at a bit of a disadvantage here, folks. Some, some of my windows here are working, and some of them aren't. So that's why I keep asking questions. <laughs> yep. Also, uh, Bulls and Heat tonight, too. Uh, he can close out the Bulls tonight with a win. Yeah. Well, it would certainly be interesting if Memphis were to pull the upset on that one tonight, wouldn't it? It really would be, because, uh, you know what, let me tell you. If they win it, I don't know how the Memphis GM is not going to get voted one of the, you know, the GM of the year or something. You know, it's just... What a great roster he put together. It's a tough, tough roster. And it's full of players that nobody really wanted. Zach Randolph, Tayshaun Prince. Right. Yet they're playing good, hard, defensive basketball. Got to love it. Absolutely. Let's talk about a, uh, another guy here that uh, supposedly a team may not want, Mike, and that's uh, Paul Pierce mm-hmm. of the Boston Celtics. A lot of talk, uh, especially from Greg Dickerson over at Yahoo Sports, uh, reporting that the uh, Celtics may release Paul Pierce at the end of the season. Right. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I know it's Paul really? Pierce. I know there's $15 million left on his deal, but uh, I'm kind of shocked at this. Uh, I'm not. Um, I am because he played some good basketball this year. You know? Yes. This guy yes. will play, but let me ask you this, Mike. They'll release him. Do you think they'll resign him? Do I think they will resign him? Yeah, to a better deal. Uh, if they release him? Yeah, why not? We've seen it before. I, I, listen, here, here's my read on this one. I think uh, the Celtics recognize what they are, and I think that they realize that they've hit a plateau. Oh. And I think they know that if they're going to uh, take the next step, that what they're going to have to do is they got to move forward. Yeah. And I don't think that moving forward means that you're going to have yours on the uh, on the roster. Yeah. That's That's how I read it. Yeah. I'm shocked though, because you know he's still the face of the franchise. You know, you know this is definitely a guy that fans want to see him retire as a Celtic, and he's definitely the one that wants to retire as Celtic. So uh, it doesn't. I mean, it, the whole it doesn't surprise me. That's just. I mean, that's just where I am with that. I mean, when you you sent the story over well, to me this morning, and I'm sitting at it, looking at it, going, you know, listen, there was talk. It wasn't. Didn't he at the end of last season say that he may not have come back this season? Uh, that I don't remember that to be honest. I, I, I'm almost positive that was the case. Is uh, is John Leary uh, on today? No, he's not. Okay, because uh, John would know. Uh, I was going to say I'm almost positive. I recall that he, he actually was playing around with the uh, idea of perhaps not re- coming back. That he might, in fact, retire at the end of last season. Well, it says here that Pierce wants to play a few more years. Yeah. Well, that was. But see, that was that was his response. All of a sudden, he did a 180 last year. Um, on the whole thing because there was talk that he was going to retire and then all of a sudden he not only said he wanted to come back for one year he said he wanted to come back for multiple years so uh, I'm just I'm saying it didn't surprise me in the least that in fact Boston would be talking about moving ahead without him that's that's, that you know that's where I'm coming down on it well the Uh, Celtics can uh, 
I mean, you're in a, I, I did, Oh, no, he stayed. No, actually, John just hit me up. He stated that uh, he would come back if Doc Rivers came back as head coach. Okay. So, there you well, go. From our uh, from our good friend John Leary of Red Sports. Well, there Sports. you go. I, I knew John would know. I mean, that's why That's why if you're a Boston sports fan, you got to be listening in to Sports Blog or Radio on Thursdays at noon. There you go. There you go. Yep, that's uh, tomorrow. There's my plug for you there, John. There you go. John's happy. I'm <laughs> real happy. Uh, listen, they, you know, Danny Ainge and the Celtics can buy out Paul Pierce for $5 million instead of giving him $15 million. Let me ask you exactly. this. Do you think any teams will be interested in signing Paul Pierce, and where could he potentially end up? Well, you would be able to tell me better where he potentially would end up. No, um, I, I want your opinion. Would, 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 well, you know, let me ask you this. Would you want Paul Pierce on the 76ers if it was an option? Um, I don't think that would be the direction that the Sixers would want to go, no. No. Um, You'd rather stay with Drew Holiday? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. Age. <laughs> that, that, that's that's where I'm coming down on it. Uh, would 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 Pierce get some interest from other teams in the league? Yes, he would. Yeah. There's my answer to that. Do I want him on my Sixers? No. Yeah. I don't know. I think a couple of teams may be interested, Mike. I think uh, one of the L.A. teams would most definitely have to be interested. Um other than that, man, really thinking out the box, I don't know who would potentially go after him. You think the Lakers? You think that would be a good move for the Lakers? If listen, if they do something with uh, Kobe or they want to move Paul Pierce to the you know small forward spot, I, listen, what they did this year was baffling. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and considering that they want to keep Dwight Howard, if they can't keep Dwight Howard and they end up losing him to free agency, they might turn around and do something. Kind of ridiculous like this. Well, I think it's very, very likely that they're going to lose Dwight Howard. Yeah. I think that's I, – I mean, what's your feeling on that? I think that that's – that almost seems to be uh, an obvious that they're going to lose Dwight Howard. I, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. And, I mean, that's – make no mistake, that's going to be Dwight Howard's decision. Yeah. Because, I mean, that just didn't go well, that whole situation. Yeah. You know what? I, you know, I'm just looking at the NBA teams, and I, and I, I really don't honestly see a fit with any of these teams, with Paul Pierce. I mean, you can throw Paul Pierce in any team you want, Mike. I mean, he's a great player. Any team would love to have Paul Pierce. There's no question about that. But where is there a fit? If you look at some of the teams that could use Paul Pierce, it's a team that aren't contenders, and I doubt he would want to go to a team that's not going to contend. And that's why that's why when you're even saying some of the L.A. teams might be, I, I can't see him making a fit over with the Clippers at all. Yeah, well, the Clippers will contend more so than, let's say, the uh, – you know, the Charlotte Bobcats. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, you look at the Wizards, you look at the Bobcats, you look at the Magic. These are teams that could potentially use a Paul Pierce. I wouldn't mind actually seeing him in OKC. Well, do you think that Pierce, though, wants to come back to contend, or does he just want to play? Now, if he just wants to play, then in fact, <laughs> excuse me, Charlotte would be a perfect spot for him because that would help the team out tremendously. Oh, yeah, absolutely it would. You know, uh, you know that's going to be up to Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, see if he can uh, get Paul Pierce to come in. So, I, I mean, you know, I think it depends on what the mindset is of Pierce. If Pierce wants to if, – if Pierce isn't in this because he wants a ring and he just wants to play, well, then I don't know if you're necessarily going to have that, you know, i got to go to a contending team uh, mindset. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mike, let's uh, get to our guest here. Joining us right now is St. Louis Rams punter Johnny Hecker. Johnny, what's going on, man? Hey, folks, how we doing? Very good, Johnny. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate oh, it. 
Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Terrific. Yeah, we we really appreciate you having here and going over your stats and looking into some of your background, Johnny. I wow. noticed that wow. your birthday is February 8th. That's mine as well, so I knew you were a good guy from the beginning. Oh, great birthday. It's actually a, a teammate of mine's birthday, Austin Pettis, as well. So I actually you know a couple, How about that? A, a couple folks that are actually born on February 8th, and it's just uh, all of you I know are great people, so it's just a great day to be born. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a great, great birthday. I know Alonzo Morning as well has that birthday. So all great people, man. All, uh, all... Let me throw out the number, and we'll have anybody call that's birthdays on February 8th. <laughs> <laughs> We're batting a thousand so far. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, listen, Johnny. Listen, we looked over your stats. Um, we, you know, Mike and I actually got to enjoy you playing because uh, Mike's sidekick over at his video show is a huge, huge St. Louis Rams fan. Yeah. And uh, you know, you were one of the best punters coming out of Oregon State in last year. I, I mean, you just really, you know, took the league from you know by storm from the punting position. You were a uh, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week and three-time Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Week. Um, you know, going into the NFL for your rookie season, what was your mindset? And now going into your second season, you know, how is that going to differ? Um, I mean, going into, going into my my first year, I was, you know, kind of just looking to get my foot in the door and, and see what opportunities lied ahead and kind of, you know, just just do do as well as I could and just kind of soak everything in. Now that I've had a season under my belt, you know, I'm just looking to, you know, I have a little foundation laid. And uh, you know, I'm just looking to improve on that. Really, I have some some personal goals in mind of things I want to do better next season. And uh, you know, I've just been working working hard with the team and uh, with uh, Jake, our snapper, and Greg, our kicker, and just trying to uh, you know work on the details and make sure that when the season comes around next year, I'll be ready to uh, you know improve on all those those uh, areas that I want to improve. Yeah. Um- uh, Mike, what did you say about uh, Johnny's jersey last year, this past season? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, now, Johnny, I had heard, and maybe I'm maybe I'm incorrect on this, so correct okay. me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard that by week six, your jersey was one of the fastest selling with the Rams, not across the league, but the Rams themselves. That by week six, it was it was like close to number one. It was the number one selling jersey, or close to it, for the Rams organization. Any truth to that? Oh man, I really have no idea. You don't if that's know. True. Okay. Yeah, that I could thought... be. That could be. Mine could be mixed up with Greg's airlines. I'm not sure. I I could see Greg selling a lot of jerseys. I'm not sure about mine, but okay. hopefully next season we can do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, you don't walk around a stadium and you don't really see a kicker or a punter's yeah. jersey on fans. I mean, you you right. really don't. Right. It's, it's quite rare to see. <laughs> I do remember growing up uh, going to Seahawks games and seeing a lot of Josh Brown jerseys. Right uh, when he was there, so it can be done, and I think in St. Louis it will be done. Yeah. The uh, now you got to the Rams as an undrafted uh, free agent, and I'm right. looking at a draft report uh, from 2012. My gosh, Johnny, you were ranked very, very high. You were rated uh, number nine uh, uh, punter out of 33 punters that were available. Uh, right. And if I'm not mistaken, you were you were o- your overall ranking was. Uh, it looks to me like it was in the top third of the entire class. Um, now, you didn't obviously you didn't get drafted. Is that just the nature of the position? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, in last year's uh, draft class for punters was actually pretty loaded. Um, I think there ended up being six rookie punters that ended up getting opportunities to start last year. 
Um, and that's a that's an incredible number. So um, just young young punters coming out last year. It was a pretty loaded class. So um, teams that were looking for guys knew that there would be some available in free agency. Um, you know, the, the guys that went you know, did great jobs with the team. They were starters, and then there were a couple starters that were picked up out of free agency as well. So, um, yeah, I think that was just the nature of the draft class that I was a part of and just the nature of uh, need uh, in the league. I mean, there were there were quite a few teams. Uh, that needed guys and needed competition. So it was, you know, they knew that they had a, a big pool to to pull from. Yeah. Well, yeah. these are terrific numbers that I'm looking at on this draft report. Uh, going to the draft, though, the Rams, in my opinion, I think probably had one of the second, uh, first or second best drafts of any team right now in the entire NFL. There's got to be a lot of anticipation and a lot of hype over there with the Rams right now. Right. There definitely is a lot of excitement. Um, you know, in doing just going out and doing some uh, public service events and, uh, you know, interacting with fans in the city, uh, they can all feel it too. And it's been a special feeling around this off season that they haven't had here in some time. So um, coming off of last season, you know, only having the, the one loss in our division, um, you know, we're feeling good going into this next season, having, uh, you know, gotten faster in some positions and uh, adding some dynamic playmakers on both sides of the ball in this draft. Um, and then, uh, you know, shoring up the offensive line with Jake Long and making some other moves um, up front there to keep Sam up on his feet, being able to, you know, swing the rock around a little bit. I think it'll be, you know, something to kind of a spectacle to behold, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, in week 10, you were nominated for uh, N1, the uh, Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Week. And in that week, you played the San Francisco 49ers to a 24 tie, and uh, you also converted on two fake punt passes. Um, did you ever think that you would be part of a NFL tie? <laughs> uh, no, to be honest, when, when the game ended and, and San Fran ran off the field, I'm like, wait, what are they doing? we we got to go to double overtime. And, uh, <laughs> I, I had uh, – I was just puzzled. I had, you know – no, no expectation of that happening, and as soon as it did, I was like, "Oh goodness, this is this is a terrible feeling." <laughs> <laughs> I know we were sitting over here watching the game. We couldn't believe it. What, what another tie? Oh, come on! No, not a tie. Somebody's got to win it. <laughs> exactly, and and you know, if, if the players had their way, we would have figured something out. But you know, what can you do? Well, from the punting position, you certainly did your share of passing. It looks like uh, you. Uh, I mean, did in your career. Before coming to the NFL, did you uh, ever play the QB position? Uh, yeah, I was a quarterback in high school. I was okay, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I, I had a, had a you know pretty successful high school career, and uh, you know got to college, and that's where my you know opportunity lied was as a punter to get on the field and, and earn a scholarship. So it was um, you know it was it was a, a great position move in my mind. Now that I look back on it. Yeah. Do you miss the QB spot? Uh, I miss it a little bit, but you know, it's I can't complain where I'm at now. Oh yeah, you're in the pros. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You're definitely in the pros, man. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna throw something out there, and I just lost it. I am sorry. I'm having a terrible day here. It's fine. Uh, well, the uh, when you were playing the QB position in uh, in high school, did you play all four years? What high school did you go to, by the way? I went to Bothell High School, uh, premier premier uh, high school program up in, in just outside of Seattle, about 15, 20 minutes outside of downtown Seattle. Okay. And uh, 
I started only my senior year. I was behind the pretty good quarterback my junior year. Okay. Um, played in the state championship my junior and senior year. I was a kicker, punter, quarterback. Um, started varsity for kicking and punting my junior and senior year. And, uh, you know, I was an all-state quarterback and punter my senior year. and ended up, you know, getting an opportunity to go punt at Oregon State as a walk-on. Um, you know, I knew that's where I wanted to be, Coach Riley and the staff there were amazing, and they had, uh, you know, educational opportunities that I I wanted to pursue, and it all lined up, and, uh, you know, they had need for a guy, so I went in and competed, um, and, uh, you know, kind of the rest is history. Right, right. Yeah. What was your experience like uh, in London this past season? Oh, London was amazing. Uh, you know, it was a great opportunity, first time I've ever been over to England, so that was uh it was it was just it was fun to you know the whole experience of flying in a plane over the Atlantic Ocean that was that was pretty cool um, just staying at some nice hotels getting to see some you know amazing historic sites that was fun and uh, you know getting to actually uh, you know interact some with the Arsenal Arsenal Football Club out there our our owner coach uh, Mr. Stan Kroenke is the owner of Arsenal as well I think actually think he just sold them mm. but. Um, but yeah, so we were able to train at their uh, their training facilities, and actually got to go to one of their games, meet one of their players, and um, you know it was it was just a great experience uh, overall. Would have been better, of course, had we won the game, but uh, you know it was it was fun. I think that the the fans in London were great, and I think that you know sometime down the road, uh, you know I don't know when that time would be. I think there could be you know some teams over there. Yeah, well, that's that's what you know. That certainly appears to be the direction that the NFL's looking to try to move to. Right, right. I don't think it'd be a bad move. I just think it would have to take some, uh, you know, some serious, some serious work, planning trips to and from. You know, there'd probably wow. be maybe two or three teams over there that you could go and do like a, uh, you know, they do a couple home games in a row, a couple away games in a row, just to make sure the teams aren't traveling like crazy, but. Well, right. I, that, that, see, that's where I see the issue is with the logistics of it all. Right. Exactly. You know, and the cost involved in 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 you know taking a team you know all the way to England. I mean, I just I I don't know just how how realistic it is. I guess that's where I'm coming from on it. But no, no. It does yeah. appear to be. It does appear to be. I mean, in, in many many things that I've read, it appears to be the kind of direction that Goodell has insinuated he'd like to see the entire league move to. Right. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that's a bad move. I think, you know, the fans in London were great. The whole European fan base is still there and, you know, they still are passionate about American football, so um, you know, why not take it over there? Yeah. Right. I know uh, you know, being out in the road and, you know, being a pro you know, professional sports player, you know, you miss seeing your family, you're always out in the road and stuff. Now if there were teams over in Europe and let's say you got traded to one of those teams, Johnny. How would you feel about that, being away from your family and being overseas and everything? Yeah, well, I mean, being from the West Coast, I'd, I'd be almost too halfway across the world. So, yeah, <laughs> it would be it would be rough, um, definitely. But uh, you know, there is being a professional football player, you do have a considerable off season. Um, you know, when all is said and done, to so go back and spend some time with your family. So. Um, you no, know, during the season would be difficult, but um, you know you kind of get to make up for that in the off season when you get to kind of go be where you'd like. Mhm. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, Johnny, definitely. I I uh, want to let you know I checked your Twitter account this morning. 
Right. And it appears you're up to 7,500-plus uh, uh, followers now. <laughs> right. I'm guessing the next challenge is to get to 10,000. So 10,000 is the goal. Okay, so what, what what's the next challenge you're going to be putting up on your Twitter account? Uh, uh, we've seen yeah. everything from snorting green jello to uh, what was the cinnamon <laughs> one? The, the cinnamon challenge, that, that's uh, yeah. just all over the internet. A bunch of people do that. It's just you take a teaspoon or a tablespoon of cinnamon. Excuse me. You take a tablespoon of cinnamon and you just you put it in your mouth and try and get it all down without drinking any water or anything. But it oh, is... I- my mom, my mom would kill me if I didn't make this uh, this health warning before I I talk about the challenge. It is not healthy. No. There have been some some cardiovascular um, exactly. incidents with people doing this, so I do not. I, I definitely need this disclaimer out there. My mom would kill me if I didn't say this because she she sent me a big article right after I did it. Yep. And, well, that's why when I saw it, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, this is this is a dangerous thing to do. I can't believe you even tried it. <laughs> right, and I, uh, you know, the dangers were unknown to me at the time of the oh my gosh of the challenge. So <laughs> if if I do uh, issue a challenge or uh, you know complete a challenge myself, I'll make sure it's a little safer. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think safe would be the way to go next time. <laughs> Well, I think it was the saltine cracker one, though, Johnny, that got me to actually join up and follow you. So um, yes, yes, that was that was awful. That was uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a bunch of people telling me to do that one, so I went and uh, went up. I was at Oregon State's uh, dining hall. Had a uh, ex quarterback Lyle Moyval, one of my good buddies, videotape it, and it was it was just crackers everywhere. Absolutely, <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, so can we expect uh, further, uh, uh, I guess, X Games like this? <laughs> yeah, the Johnny Hecker antics will continue. I'll tell you that much. Nice, nice. I'll, we definitely uh, got to follow that. I'll do my best to keep it rolling. And I, I'm not sure if you guys have seen. I do uh, do some artwork from time to time. Johnny Hecker sketch time. That's kind of a hit with the fans. Um, I'm not an artist by any means. You know, I might try and. Link up maybe an art museum, something in St. Louis, trying to get some art lessons so I can up the uh, professionalism there. But um, you know, I just try oh, okay. and try and interact with my fans as best I can and make sure that uh, you know they know that my Twitter is to reach out and uh, you know not just have my voice heard, but interact with them as well and you know have some fun in the process. Yeah, I'm looking at one of your sketches right now. What was that the Greg the Leg? <laughs> the Greg the Leg, yeah. <laughs> Greg the actual leg. I haven't seen the artwork. I'm 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 supposing here that it's a little better than stick figures. Oh, it, it is quite a bit better than stick figures. Okay, right. all right, okay. Yeah, I like you know uh, the giraffe and a Rams jersey and. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the the NFL draft. Actually, it was kind of a play on words with the NFL draft. You know, the NFL draft. I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a it's fun. I make a bunch of puns. It's bad. Uh, I'm getting kicked out of this actually. I'm looking through it right now because uh, I saw a couple uh, about a day or two ago. But uh, yeah, this yeah, is uh, pretty good. funny stuff. This is great. Yeah. But I did notice. I did notice that Johnny, you do. I mean, you do use your Twitter account to to, to take questions from fans, and to. Right. I mean, he really does use it. You use it to interact really with the fans. Of course, uh, I, I the NFL. There's a no tweet rule during games, right? Correct. There is. Okay. All right, so no tweeting during the game, but after the fact, absolutely. I mean, you do a nice job with it, keeping in touch with everybody, so that's good. Right, yeah, I do my best. I mean, I, I don't know if I would tweet during games <laughs> if I could just because that's 
you, you know, you got to keep your head in the game. There's no way you need to let yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, leak into the on-field. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's a good it's a uh, a good tool to be able to reach out to fans and just you know interact and let them kind of peer into the life that is that is mine and uh, the craziness that occurs in my head 24 seven. Well, it's great to get it out there, and Twitter is definitely the place for it. So. <laughs> right, <laughs> really? right. Got to right. tone it down a little bit to, yeah. to stay to stay uh, off the fine list, but I don't know. I, I, do I don't know. I think you should start making a comic book, man. The Greg DeLake series, man. I think that'd be great. Yeah, no, it's, that, that's one thing. Mostly, mostly, most of my followers are just following me for my uh, my Greg Zerline updates because he doesn't have a Twitter himself. So I think most of the followers are just people trying to see what's up with him. How did that happen? Oh, he's he's not a big he's not a social media guy. Oh, okay. Not not a big not a big social media guy. He's he's real reserved and uh, you know just a he's a Nebraska guy. Well, simple, throw out to our listeners, Johnny, what folks. your yeah throw out to our listeners what your uh, what your Twitter handle is. Twitter handle is at j hecker, um, j h e k k e r. Follow me, and I will uh, you know entertain you hopefully. Absolutely. He'll eat saltines and snort uh, green choa. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stay away from snorting. Stay things. away from the cinnamon, right. Stay away from the cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon and snorting random items, right. And, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, you That's got great. it. But uh, there will be some some, uh, some fun stuff coming up. I've been informed by, our, uh, by the Rams PR department. We'll be doing some fun stuff here coming up. So, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be posting those videos as well. Oh, there you go. I'll be staying in touch then. Definitely. All right, Johnny, man, we uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your schedule to join us today, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on here in the future. Definitely. I appreciate yeah, you guys. Yeah, during the season maybe, huh? Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm always here to talk to you. I'm I'm a pretty available guy being a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, Johnny. All right, you guys have a great one. Thank you, man. All right, bye. Great guy. Uh, Funny kid, funny kid. Honestly, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm sitting here looking at his sketches, man. And I'm just, you know, laughing that I'm trying to mute my mic here as I'm laughing. Some of these are really, really great stuff. He's got a little guy, a little uh, bear working a turntable, doing his little DJ thing. <laughs> yeah, he is a. I mean, when I read this uh, stuff about what he did, <coughs> you know, he was trying to get the seven thousand uh, followers on on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, uh, apparently, he made a big to do about it. I mean, enough that it made the media. That he was going to do all these different challenges, and I could not believe, believe he did this uh, tablespoonful of cinnamon things. Yes, because I had read, you know, and this was—I've known this for a while—that with some people you can die instantly from that. Yes, yes, and I've I'm actually thinking, seen people do that before, and exactly, uh, seen people and, and I, have crazy epileptic shock from it. <laughs> exactly, and I—I I, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy is doing this. So I—I I had to throw it at him and see. Of course, right. He's he's made as I pointed out. He's made the seven thousand mark. In fact, he's at seventy five hundred plus. So yeah, I think I'm gonna have to start tweeting him some ideas to get to ten thousand now. Yeah, well, don't, don't yeah, but don't be tweeting anything that could be hazardous to his health. Uh, we could do some wines of wasabi. Because oh oh man, oh man, I don't even know if that's something I would do. <laughs> uh, well, I don't need a ten thousand followers. So. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it. He might though. He's crazy enough. I think he might. Oh, that's great though. He's great. I like I like Johnny Hecker. Um uh, great great to have him on with us today. <coughs> oh, I'm telling you, man, this cold is really getting to me, Mike. Yep. It's killing me. Um let's look into the NHL 
from last night, Mike. Uh, yeah. Two games on the Bills, uh, two opening games. That was the Penguins and Senators. Penguins beat Ottawa 4-1. Goals from Dupuis, Kunitz, Malkin, and Martin to take a 1-0 series lead. And the defending Stanley Cup champions, Los Angeles Kings, with a 2-0 win over the Sharks. Yeah. Goals from Mike Richards and Voinov to take a one-game series lead, Mike. You know, uh, I was uh, watching the Kings game last night, yeah. and uh, they played very, very well. Yes. And I, I got to tell you, Jonathan, the thing that struck me as I was watching that game was last year. You know, th- this was a Kings team that I would not have at the beginning of, well, halfway through the season, and as we entered the playoff uh, season, I would not have given <coughs> a shot. Yes. I would not have given a shot to winning the entire thing. But when you take a look at, obviously, what the Kings did last year, in the playoffs, and you you mirror it over what they've done so far, even this year, very very similar. Uh, this is a team that could sneak up on everybody. Oh, yeah. Really Absolutely. really interesting. It's a good team, you know. You got one of the better goalies in the league. Yep. You know, you got some great players in Dustin Brown, Mike Richards, Anze Kopitar. Um, you know, you look at the defensive side of the puck for them, and uh, Drew Doughty, and uh, what's that other guy's name? Robin Regeer that they got in, in a trade. Uh, you know, they got a real good team, Mike. Yeah. yeah. And, and here was the other interesting thing, too, about that game. Uh, the Sharks just completely dominated them offensively uh, and, and on the shot board. Uh, 35 to 20. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you know what, man? When you got a good goalie, Mike, where you can look at You can look at Henrik Lundqvist. You can look at, um, you know, Jonathan Quick. When you got a good goalie, you can fire off 40 shots, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. So. Doesn't mean now, they can score, though. <laughs> now, now, over on the other side, I mean, to me, that just wasn't a surprise at all. Uh, the Penguins just dominated uh, dominated uh, the Senators. Yes. yes. I mean, to me, it's possible that game, that, that that series could go, could could be a sweep. Yeah, I think so, too, especially if they stick with uh, Thomas Vakun, the Penguins. I think uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's just, uh, you know, just about had it in Pittsburgh, so... I'm trying to look at a shot board for them last night. Uh, 36 to 30 in favor yep. of the Penguins. So it was only a six shot difference. So yep. it was a pretty even up uh, game there, except, uh, you know, on the scoreboard, Mike. Yeah. Let's see what games we have tonight on the bill. Red Wings, Blackhawks. Yeah, there's only one game tonight. That's going to be a good one. Yes. That is going to be a very good one. Yeah, Detroit and Chicago, 8 o'clock. Uh, everybody can catch that if they want over on uh, NBC Sports Net. Let's see what else we got. Let's talk a little bit about Alexander Ovechkin, Mike. Um, Rangers just got done uh, taking out the Washington Capitals in a seven-game series, Mike. And um, Alexander Ovechkin comes out, and he's blaming the referees in the NHL for uh, fixing game seven. Yeah. <laughs> so the Rangers can go on. Um, oh. Let me ask you this. Is this just uh, the tears of a crybaby, or do you think he has a legitimate uh, reason here to say that? Well, you know, as soon as I read it this morning, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, first of all, isn't it an unspoken rule that you don't come out afterward and, and whine? Uh, okay, I mean, just leave it alone. You lost the series. <coughs> Excuse me, it's over with. Ovechkin, uh, just, I, I got to tell you something, uh, Jonathan. If there's a guy in the league that I really, really do not like, it's Alex Ovechkin. I just do not like this guy. And, and to me, I just yeah, I, I just read it as a lot of sour grapes. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you're you know the series was played against your your Rangers. Yes. You're obviously not going to come down thinking that in favor of anything that Ovechkin said yourself. 
for obvious reasons. It, it, listen, there was a lot of missed calls in this series, Mike. Yeah, but they go both ways. And it went both ways. I mean, there was so many times where I seen a ranger get hit in the face with a stick, get tripped up, whatever, and it was right in front of the refs, and it wasn't being called. I know game six, they just let everything go. Right. And all of a sudden, game seven, you had different officials, and everything was a little bit more sensitive. So I could see it from the, from that aspect, but it, it wasn't fixed. You know, the Rangers scored five goals. Brandon, Braden Holpe was awful. The entire Capitals team was awful in Game 7. That had nothing to do with the, with the refs. Uh, yeah, I mean, here, these, this, was, this was Ovechkin's uh, comment. <coughs> quote, unquote, I'm not saying there was a phone call from the NHL, but someone just wanted Game 7. For the ratings, you know, the lockout, escrow, the league needs to make profit. Uh, listen, is that a finable, is that a finable, uh, comment? Yes, it is. Absolutely. I, I think in any other league, it certainly would be. Absolutely. You make a comment like that in the NFL, you make a comment like that in, in just about any league that I can think of, you're going to get fined. Oh, yeah. Listen, they had the same amount of penalty minutes until Mike Ribeiro took that, um, you know, 10-minute misconduct at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would have been four minutes apiece for that team in penalty minutes. The hits were almost even. The Capitals actually led 41 to 39. Rangers got up 35 shots to the Capitals 27. Um, Rangers won 38 faceoff compared to their 26, but Capitals gave away the puck eight times as well. It was an even game except for on the scoreboard, Mike. Right, right. They were an awful team. There was nobody else to blame but Alexander Ovechkin and the Capitals roster. Listen, they, they, it went to a game seven. You know, Washington did their best. Yeah. The way I see it, it was an even series from both sides of the uh, of the ice. All right. And as you point out, Jonathan, yeah, there were missed calls, but they it it it, it wasn't slanted in one direction or the other. Yeah. Ovechkin ought to just keep his damn mouth shut. Uh, go you know go home, pack up your bags, and get ready to come back in 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 August and September, and leave it alone. Now, let we me see this guy do this kind of stuff all the time, though. You know, here's the other thing I just really, really don't like about the guy. In my opinion, he is without a doubt one of the dirtiest players in the NHL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. If it was all about ratings and it was about being fixed to get the Rangers in for some reason, wouldn't it have benefited the NHL more to have Alexander Ovechkin versus Sidney Crosby in the Eastern Conference Finals? Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. You're right. Yeah. You know, right. so I mean, it's I guess, fixed. I mean, you know what you got because we all we all hear about it, and we we and, and we have seen it before, Mike. You and I both, with both of our teams going against the you know the Penguins, Crosby gets a lot of calls. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, the the, the league loves to play up Crosby. And remember when the whole Ovechkin Crosby thing was going on, and Ovechkin oh, yeah. was actually scoring and doing good things. It was the whole poster boy, uh, uh, you know, of the NHL there. So yep. if, if it was fixed, it could have been Ovechkin-Crosby in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that possibly could have bring in more money and more eyeballs to the NHL. Yeah, I, you know, you're, you're probably right. Uh, Ovechkin, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think. I mean, he's got that star power thing to him, you know, despite the fact I think, you know, and I, you know I'd love to get a poll on it, but I'd love to, and I'd love to hear from, from people to see whether they – really dislike him as much as I do. I mean, I know that Crosby is disliked by a lot of NHL fans. Yeah, but Ovechkin is just as disliked as Crosby. I think Crosby disliked a little more, but but Ovechkin is definitely up there. See, I dislike I dislike Ovechkin because of, of what I feel is just his dirty play. 
That's that's where I come down on. Well, Crosby do it in dirty play. That's, and then you then then you got situations like this where he's just going to sit around. And he wants to he wants to whine about it. Yeah, but you know what? Crosby does the same thing though too with his dirty play. And then when he starts bitching about things as well, you know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I find Ovechkin though to be a little more overt about his dirty play. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, they're both uh, dirty, dirty players. But what are you going to do? It's a damn shame that uh, those two guys happen to be the faces of this league. Well, I'm going to be curious to see whether, in fact, the NHL responds. They have to, Mike. They I have to. I'm going to be really curious. They have to. They got no choice. I don't see how they don't. Well, we'll see. All right, Mike, let's get into a little bit of NFL talk here real quick. Uh, Donovan McMahon coming out saying he wants to retire an Eagle. Yes. Um, are they going to sign him so he can retire an Eagle, Mike? Well, okay, here's the latest on this. Apparently, yes, they will. Good. Uh, that, in fact, the, they are planning on doing that uh, on the game that uh, – I, I don't have the schedule directly in front of me, but I think it's week three when uh, the Eagles will play at home. They will play the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, interestingly enough, we will have Andy Reid there, <laughs> uh, and that's why it's being done. It's being done for that particular game. Okay. There's a lot of rumor – about whether at that particular time uh, they would have kind of an honored sort of game to the extent that uh, perhaps maybe McNabb would be put into the ring of honor or, in fact, even go a step further and uh, retire his jersey. Now, that was my next question. Should a number five be retired? Uh, you know, this has been the debate that was uh, hot and heavy yesterday all over uh, Philadelphia Sports Radio. Um and it's a tough call. Um, you know, I kind of feel – I have no problem with um, with having him retire as an Eagle. I think that that's appropriate. Yeah. I have no problem with him coming back, and I think that he should be welcomed back when he does come back. And I think everybody should give him a standing ovation. When you take a look at it, uh, Donovan McNabb uh, – well, uh, there's no denying it. The numbers are there. He was the best quarterback in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. Um, for that reason, do you retire his number? I could say put him in the ring of honor, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about the retirement of the number thing. To okay. me, you retire a number for somebody that was the very best. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe Dawkins' number has been retired. Uh, and you're talking about a slightly different, I think, Obviously, the problem there, problem with comparing is it's two completely different positions. Yeah. But you're talking about with Dawkins, you're talking about the very best. You know, that's the kind of level that you would want everybody to be esteeming to, to reaching for. With Donovan McNabb, we, we would want our quarterback, whoever that quarterback to be, we want them to be better than McNabb was. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Let me put it this way. If they retired his number, it wouldn't bother me. But if I had to vote on it, I would say no. Okay. Now, looking at his stats, does Donovan McNabb make the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Because that's what he was asked. I do not think he. I do not think he would. Okay. That's my personal. That's my personal opinion. He said, uh, "If I'm rewarded by getting into the Hall of Fame, hey, that's great. But to me, it's like graduation. You step across the stage and you say, you know what? I made it, and I'm happy for it." He also said that. Um, you know, when you look at my numbers, my numbers speak for themselves, but none of that would have been able to happen if I didn't play with a great group of guys around me in Philadelphia. 
So yeah, I don't have his numbers. I don't have his, uh, his career stats in front of me, Jonathan. Do you have them over there? Bringing them up right now, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's going to. I think you're going to find there that he's going to fall a little bit short of what the general standard is for yards uh, for for yards completed. Okay, um, he threw for a three, a 37,276 yards, 234 touchdowns, and 117 interceptions for a 85.6 quarterback rating. Hmm. He's got good numbers. Yeah. I mean, there's no, uh, you know, no uh, denying the, you know, the numbers he's had, uh, you know, multiple, multiple seasons of being very close to 4,000 yards. Yep. Uh, per season. It's a real shame, man. You know, guy was a good quarterback for Philly. Well, the, the, as we just said, that's the best in the history of uh, of the team. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel that McNabb is Hall of Fame worthy? There are quarterbacks in there with those numbers, Mike. Um, you know, but, you know, things are so different now the way they get people into the Hall of Fame. I think if they get him into the Hall of Fame and he does go into the Hall of Fame, I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's good for him. He's had a phenomenal career. Um, if he doesn't, then at the same time, you'll see why he's not going into the Hall of Fame either. You know, you'll, you, you know what? You'll hear about it more why he's not getting voted in. But if uh, he doesn't, if he doesn't get in, yeah, the difference would be the lack of a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, absolutely. That would be the difference. Absolutely, no doubt about it. I mean, if he had one Super Bowl, if he had only even one, he would probably get in. Oh yeah, no question about. It. And you know, and his number five would be retired. Yes. No doubt about it. But yes. because he doesn't have that Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a, a good point was made uh, yesterday, and I just threw it out there for for uh, comparison. Uh, Ron Jaworski's number was never retired by the Eagles. Yeah, and yet when you take a look at it, really both quarterbacks had a rather similar career uh, from the standpoint of accomplishment. <coughs> they both they both basically did the same thing. Yeah. They got to a, they got to a Super Bowl. They didn't win it. So, so do you think if? Uh... They retire the number five instead of uh, retiring George's number first. You think that would be a big thing with the fans? No, I don't actually. No, I don't. I don't think it would be a big thing because uh, nobody likes George. <laughs> well, no, I think I think time has changed that, Jonathan. I think yeah. you know. I think see, with me, it might be a big thing, but I think for the average fan, I don't think that they would give it much thought because I think that uh, you know it's been so many years since uh, George played. Uh, for the Eagles, that I, I, I don't think people would even give it too 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 much uh, consideration. Yeah, I agree. To me, it would. I I I feel that if you're going to retire five, then you got to retire uh, seven, which is yeah. what I, which is what uh, Jaws were. Yeah. You mean it's like those fans that chant Potvin sucks and have no idea who Potvin is? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> don't you love it? That's that's a that's a good one. I think we need to get into uh, an episode of. Uh... Dumbest sports chance. What do you think, man? We could do that one. <clears throat> I think that'd be fun. Yep. All right, let's talk about this. Uh, you sent me an article earlier today, Mike. Uh, Jerry Jones wants Tony Romo to have Roger Starbuck like role for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> is Romo that kind of guy? We've talked about this before, and I'll tell you why I sent it over to you, Jonathan. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I like what I heard from Jerry Jones here. Whoa. I think that uh, Tony Romo deserves exactly what Jerry Jones is talking about. Yeah. My question is, does Jerry Jones have the cojones enough to uh, let Romo have this role? 
We've talked about this before, that Romo, in my opinion, is a better quarterback than what we've seen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, in fact, uh, they're not building an offense for him. That the sideline takes so much out of his game by calling plays that are completely inopportune at the wrong time. Listen, if if Jerry Jones is sincere in what he had to say here, then what he's going to do is he's going to let uh, Romo run the offense. Damn it, it's about time. Then, if he fails, then the Dallas fans and everybody else would have every right to say, see, see, Romo's not the guy that we thought he was. Yeah. Up to this point, I really believe that Tony Romo has taken a lot of unnecessary heat. I really do. I think that he has really been maligned by his fan base and by others in the NFL. Yes. Uh, because I, I just don't feel that he has been given the chance. Okay. All right? Uh, you know, we talked about it numerous times during the course of the of the, the NFL season last year. Mm-hmm. Some of the plays that, that that Garrett was calling, in the circumstances that they were in, absolutely hand tied to uh, uh, Romo at certain times. Yeah, and they were dumb calls. Period. So if they're going to say yeah, that he wants uh, uh, Romo to have a stallback like uh, role, well then, damn it all, give it to him. Might as well. Might as well. He's down there suffering anyway. Might as well let him do it. We got nothing to lose. Not to mention, look at the money that the that Jones just put out for the guy. If you're going to pay that kind of money, well then you know, hey, then you better put your your confidence in the guy and let him run, let him run the offense. Yeah, it's just a shame, man. You know, he's you know all those years being wasted down in Dallas, man, and they just don't give the guy anything. Yeah, it would be nice to see him go to a different team to see what he can actually do, Mike. I I might agree with you. I've said that before. Yeah, I've said that before. I have said numerous times I would take Romo on my Eagles team without a thought. Yeah. Without a thought, I, I it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me in the least. I know there'd be a lot of people in Philadelphia that would be screaming. I know right now if there are Philadelphia fans out there listening to me, they're probably calling me every name under the uh, under the sun. But I I would take him on my team without any consideration whatsoever. I hear you, man. I hear you. John's asking me if I take him on the Jets. Uh, yeah, John, absolutely. There you go. No doubt about it. Absolutely. You know, I would definitely take him. Guy's a good quarterback. I mean, look at his stats. His stats speak for themselves. Absolutely. You know, and that's and and that's with really no help. Mm-hmm. In fact, just and terrible season, coaches. Terrible coaches. Last season alone, he passed for four thousand nine hundred and three uh, yards. That was a career high, uh, and, and twenty-eight touchdowns. And and you know how many times has he passed for over four thousand yards now? Like three or four now? Yeah. So you're the stats guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't have the numbers up in front of me. Yeah, McNabb never even, you know, threw for over 4,000 yards. You know, 10 years, 10 years now with, with the Dallas Cowboys. And, yep. and you know, you make a very, very good point in my, in my opinion, and that is it's kind of a shame because in some respects you almost have to look at a, a good number of those years is almost kind of wasted. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, if if Jerry Jones is sincere in, in his rhetoric here, then back it up. And let's see what Tony Romo can do. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And then if you can't, man, I, you know, hopefully they let him go, man. Let him go to another team, see what he well, can do. And see, exactly. And at that point, then, the, the debate is over. You know what I mean? Then everybody across the league, you know, will then know what he's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of everybody constantly making jokes about him and, 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 and maligning him, you know, uh, it's, a lot of this, in my opinion, is not necessarily Romo's fault. Yep, I agree. All right, Mike, let's uh, end the show here giving a 
shout out to 86-year-old Bill Brother Beans Becker of Tom's River, New Jersey, who over the last three years took 75,000 matchsticks yeah. in order to create this amazing masterpiece, and uh, it's a replica of Yankee Stadium out of matchsticks. Uh, I, I wish everybody can see it. If you can, we're going to try to get it up on FanJunkies.net and FrightHouseSports.net maybe sometime today. Yep. Uh, what a picture, Mike. This Amazing. Thing, this thing is magnificent. The detail in this is absolutely incredible. I'm I'm not a Yankees fan. Don't like the Yankees, but I would love to have this in my house. Yeah. It's it, it's beautiful. Absolutely. I, in fact, this picture really doesn't even do it, I think, justice. I would love to see other pictures of it. I'm going to have to search the internet and see if there are other closer close-ups of this and we'll as you say, we'll we'll, we'll get it we'll get it put up on one of the websites and and hopefully there's multiple images. But uh absolutely absolutely beautiful. Uh and, and you know, I I I have such respect for people that can do this kind of stuff. The patience required to do that is just incredible. You know, for an 86-year-old guy though to do that as well. That's just amazing. I'm looking at a closer up picture of it right now, Mike, and it's okay. just amazing. I mean, just to look at all of these matchsticks. I mean, he did everything from the stairways to the bleachers I know. to the outside floor. Uh, amazing. How amazing. Did he, how did he get the curvature in the uh in the front of it where 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 I guess those would be the the uh the rampways that go up to the different levels. I have no that's, idea if that's uh, – I don't know. I don't know if, how he got the curvature in the uh, matchsticks. I don't know. I like some of the sticks that burnt, though. You like that, how you put the – Is that right? Yeah, yeah. If oh, to give – it's, it's actually burnt, most of the matchsticks. To, to give to give the uh, to give the, the color, the yeah. color issue, yeah. Beautiful job. Beautiful job. Great, great, great work, Bill Becker of uh, Times Over New Jersey. Amazing. Absolutely beautiful. Amazing. Oh, he actually has other creations as well. Oh, he's on Facebook. Just found them. Great. <laughs> Got to look at some of these things on Facebook. I, oh, well, maybe we uh, can have uh, Brother Beans with us one day. Let's get him on. Uh, let's get him on the uh, on the show. Yeah, that would be great. And he's on Twitter. Look at him. That's great. Wow. He uh, They're asking for help to get his Yankee Stadium replica to Yankee Stadium. Oh, that should happen. Yeah, absolutely. That'll happen. They should buy it and put it on display there. That'll happen. Yeah. He's like, Amazing stuff. All right, Mike. Well, uh, that's it for us today on uh, Wednesday's episode of Fan Junkies Radio, and it was a good one. Yep. And a quick one. It was. We want to thank uh, St. Louis Rams punter Johnny Hecker for joining us today, and uh, don't do anything crazy on Twitter, Johnny. <laughs> we'll definitely have Johnny with us again, though, in a future great Yeah, game. I'd like to have him on during the uh, season. I think that'd be yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. It would be nice if we can get him to call us from the field. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> hey, you mind uh, passing it over to Sam Bradford? Throw the ball, Sam. Be cool to call some plays for them, man. Well, that's it, Mike. You got it. That's it. And uh, tomorrow, uh, 12 p.m. noon Eastern Time, Sports Blogger Radio with John Leary and Scott Blooney. They'll be talking about the Boston Bruins going into the second round. Um, that crazy, crazy win over the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one in game seven. Right. And taking on my New York Rangers now. Right. I think we'll have to have them on Fan Junkies Radio soon to talk about Rangers and Bruins. Friday, I'll be here with uh, Jim Williams. Yes, and Friday, Jim Williams will be uh, coming in for me and joining Mike. Yep. For Friday's Fan Junkies Radio. I don't want to be tuning into that one. It's going to be fun. It will be. Jameson and Mike. Yep. Great stuff. All right, man. 
Well, to all listeners, thank you for tuning in today. For Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all tomorrow for Sports Blogger Radio and Friday for Fan Junkies Radio. Check it out then.